Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Uh, not too bad. Been kind of a crazy week, and I found out that it's been even crazier elsewhere. Yes, yes, it has been. And before we get into the show, I did, uh, we did want to make a quick mention. Uh, a couple weeks back, we we addressed a lot of the uh, accusations and uh, allegations that were coming out of sexual harassment across the video game industry. We posted a few links for people to check out. Since then, there have been some uh, accusations and statements put out within the Fire Emblem community. And while we don't normally delve outside of the game, we did want to make sure we we noted these accounts and and make sure that you know what's going on and you can go out and and look at these and read these stories and and just uh, know that um, you know this is this is happening in our in our community as well, our Fire Emblem community. So um, we have a Reddit link that we'll have in the show notes that you can you can check out pertaining to allegations made against YouTuber Mangs and Chaz. It's important that we note when this happens, especially when it's connected to uh, the content that we discuss. You know, we are part of the Fire Emblem community as well, and we want everyone to feel safe and, and feel as though they're being heard uh, when they when they tell their story. So, um it's it's definitely important that you you check out this this link that we're going to put in the show notes and um, understand what what has happened in our community and and uh, so we can all move forward and, and make it a safer place and uh, yeah so we we did want to make note of that but we still have a normal show to discuss here because we are still talking about Fire Emblem Heroes and we got some new heroes that have uh, that will be arriving soon or else we really would have nothing to talk about uh for the bulk of the show and but before we get to that we're going to talk about banners and we have the weekly revival banner 19 running right now tempest trials is going until the 20th of july elysian summer until the 21st heroes with moonbow until the 25th summer refreshes until the 27th and finally heading into august we have oversee memories ending on the 8th now eddie how have your summons gone this week uh, nothing but free summons this week and nothing of note except uh, this morning when I did my free summon, I got a random Leo, and this is the base Leo off of the Revival banner. Nice. Well, there so, you go. And you, did, yep. did you have a, a random or a normal Leo before? I had Leo before. I haven't double-checked whether this one's better, uh, Boone and Bane or not, so I'll check that later, but... Just random Leo. Yeah. Uh, I also did not have much of anything to uh, to talk about in terms of summoning. I didn't do much summons outside of the free summons and nothing of note because uh, I'm, I'm saving orbs. And, and it turns out um, the orbs you save in a week, not a whole lot. So I'm kind of sitting here like, do I want to drip feed the kind, Dorothea kind of banner? depends on the event going on. It the does. Going on. Yeah, if but if you've gotten most of your Tempest Trial orbs before last week, then yeah, there wasn't a ton no. left over. Yeah, I just uh, I had I had a call whether I want to drip feed the the Oversee Memories banner for Dorothea, or if I just want to be like, all right, still got on. a couple weeks for that. Even if you decide you want to keep working at it, yeah, I definitely so. am going to take a break and um, 
and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but the banner that's coming up is uh, is not going to take those orbs away uh, as much as it tries. Um, and that's not speaking to the quality of the banner. It's more just my personal taste in terms of the characters that they're throwing at us this time around. Um, but uh, we should we should tease no further. We're, we're nearly you're, there. You aren't madly in love with uh, Lena and Julian, two random characters from the third chapter of Shadow Dragons? I had forgotten. Shadow mm-hmm. Dragon. Yeah, like uh, they seemed super familiar or a little bit familiar, but um, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna refamiliarize ourselves with those characters in just a little bit. But before then, yep. what do we got going on right now? So, um, take this moment to mention something. Due to uh, my work changing around a little bit, um, I'm actually gonna not be able to record on Sunday, so we're actually gonna move back to Saturdays. So the event's starting before this coming Saturday, the twenty fifth. Uh, we do have the Forging Bonds and Hero of Light and Shadow Banner, uh, both starting tomorrow on the 20th. We have the Grand Hero Battle for Aramaya starting on the 21st. Uh, sketchy Summer Revival Banner starting on the 23rd. The Grand Conquests uh, starting on the 24th, as well as the Heroes with Rao Skill Banner uh, starting on the 25th. So... After the new banner tomorrow, not much going on on the even days. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, sorry, getting... I had to get that jab at Grand Conquest in. <laughs> nice. That's a long go, but I, I mean, I, I don't expect it from, I don't expect anything less when it comes to, nope. uh, stabbing at this mode that shall not be named. Uh, I'll admit, with some of these new duo skills and stuff like that and other skills that, can potentially hit a lot more characters maybe i should actually consider looking into them more but mm. i'm i'm lazy about it <laughs> well you know maybe grand conquest will get you back in someday uh we are going to talk about the new banner that's going to be starting in the uh 20th as you said just earlier uh it's the hero's light and shadow banner and uh we've got yet another now i I'm going to read this and then we're also going to dive deep into what these heroes are and where they came from because Fire Emblem turns out before uh, and after its American launch is very confusing when it comes to which games are available in North what? America. A Japanese based thing being confusing and hard to follow? Mm-hmm. Never. It's almost like Nintendo <laughs> keeping Fire Emblem games from, from us in North America is not our fault. It's really theirs. But uh, we'll have that discussion. I, I was more making a subtle jab to the fact that some anime can get really confusing, even if you've watched everything. Oh, that's like part of the fun. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we have another Japanese-only release of Heroes, Asterix, being added to Fey, And we've done our best Wikipedia dive to try and discuss these fine new heroes. That being said, some of these characters do appear in Shadow Dragon, which was a DS remake of the first Fire Emblem game, but only half made it to our continent. Uh, and the banner also includes the Avatar Chris, finally, which is something that I think people were waiting for, I believe. They were wondering. I've seen some comments of so. Chris I mean, Wynn, you know? Other than um, the character that is apparently named Mark, although I don't recall it having a name, uh, the Avatar you have in Blazing Blade... Mm-hmm. Uh, which doesn't actually participate in combat. This is uh, definitely one of the first, ap- uh, you know, awakening fates, three houses like Avatar in the series. Yeah, I did uh, see that this was the first 
controllable, selectable uh, avatar in terms of a in terms of a gender. Uh, you could pick mm-hmm. male or female Chris and then play as them as a character. So that yep, you could also pick their colors and oh, really? I did not delve that deep. That's cool. Yep, uh, I was looking into it, and you could pick hair colors, and uh, I guess the class that it looks like the picture would be a part of would change depending on the hair color or something. Not sure, but <laughs> this is random. the. They say that you know the base version of Chris, male looks like a mercenary, blue uh, female looks like a mer- Myrmidon or something like that. Okay. Whereas. I guess in other versions, they, their outfit or their sprite stuff may not look like a mercenary or a Myrmidon. may look like a different class. I don't know. Or maybe it was just the base classes that they started with, and depending on what class you chose, their outfit would change. I don't know. I haven't played it. It's Japanese only. So Yeah. Yeah. You know. now... And I would like to note that um, technically... Well, I'll explain it here in a minute. Yeah, it's, it's very complicated. Right it's... So yeah, let's go ahead and just jump right into the weeds of the Fire Emblem series and give a quick explanation. So the third game in the series is called Mystery of the Emblem and is actually a retelling and expansion of the first game, uh, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, or maybe it's Dark Dragon. I've heard both Dark Dragon and Shadow Dragon. I'm not sure which was the original <laughs> Japanese uh, expl- or name. Uh, but they removed a few chapters and characters, such as Riss, who was replaced by a Vulnerary. Some might argue that the Vulnerary you got in the original mystery was more useful than the uh, original character of Riss. But uh, that's hence the joke of why he holds a Vulnerary in his hero's art, uh, because he was replaced by one. And it retold the first game as book one, and then added in book two, which told the tale of Hardin, now Emperor of Arcania, recall Hardin was a, a cavalry unit that you picked up partway through and fought with you uh, being corrupted by Garneth disguised as a merchant and Marth once again setting out to defeat Garneth and Medeus uh, who had, wasn't quite dead apparently and save Hardin if he can uh, this is where the fallen Hardin inspiration comes from uh, and despite that we still don't have a normal Hardin in the game yet but uh, that's how we get the Fallen Harden from his time as Emperor. Uh, years later, after Shadow Dragon was released, they remade Book 2 as of uh, Mystery of the Emblem and released it as New Mystery of the Emblem. And this, the New Mystery of the Emblem, only covered Book 2, did not retell Book 1 again, or Shadow Dragon again. Uh, however, due to Shadow Dragon having a bit of issues here in America and not getting a good reception, it only came out in Japan. Uh, in this, they added the Avatar unit uh, and some of the deleted characters back into the story, as well as some new characters, uh, which is where Chris and Aramaya come from, as well as the previously released units, Katarina, Clarice, and Legion. So, hmm. so a very... It, it's weird. It's, it's almost like um, the original remake where they added the book to that made sense because it was still a very Japanese only series. But then when they remade the first one and only gave us half of that game in North America, cause they then went and remade. Which book is where I was well. going to say technically a little weird because technically the remake was the remake of the first game, 
which brought back the deleted chapters and the removed characters. So they made the full first game remake with Shadow Dragon. But instead of, once again, remaking Shadow Dragon on Mystery of the Emblem a couple years later, they just remade Book 2 and added back in the characters that people would know from Shadow Dragon if they had never played the original Mystery of the Emblem. Uh, so. Right. I guess what I was getting at is if Shadow Dragon... <laughs> Was it a remake of the remake or was it a remake of the first one? Like, it, I, it, and it's all semantics at this point, but I think it's interesting yeah. that it's, it's very interesting. And I mean, Shadow Dragon obviously did not do well, as you stated, in North America. Therefore, there was, but it might, it probably did fine in Japan. So they were like, well, there's no point in spending the local. This was before Nintendo was very, uh, worldwide focus like they were very selective about what they brought over to north america um the mother franchise is a great example where they they brought mm-hmm. two of the three over and nowadays it's kind of unheard of for nintendo to develop a game specifically for one region they're actually probably more likely to develop a game uh for north america and then not put it out in japan but but again because the world is is so much smaller now with how the internet works and and all that yeah it's just it makes sense for them to just push it out and oftentimes like look at speaking of fire emblem look at fire emblem um uh tokyo mirage sessions that's a classic example that was released maybe five on it was if it was a wii game or previous it wouldn't have come out in in north america because times have just changed so much where localization they've gotten it down to a to a pattern but they've also they also just they take the risk right and i think right around the wii era wii definitely wii u but right around the end of the wii era north america was getting very adamant that they release all their their games including the super japanese ones like i remember there was a big push for there was a bunch of wii games and i'm gonna well, Xenoblade Chronicles was a good one. It wasn't even localized for North America. It was localized for Europe, and they just they kept the uh, the the English European, mm-hmm. the UK translation. And there was another one. There was like Pandora's Tower or something that was like a big deal that that, that we want that North America wanted over here. There was a big campaign push for uh, for bringing these games, the late Wii games, over from Japan. Um, anyways, it's interesting stuff. But I mean, we live in a very different era now. Uh, and a very different Nintendo that is more willing to to take these chances, right? Yep. And, you know, the games were doing doing a bit. I mean, like, thing is, most people here in North America, the first Fire Emblem they know of is Blazing Blade, which was released just as Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. You know, other than this random Marth character who was listed as being from Fire Emblem, you know, in Smash Brothers, they have no had no clue about Fire Emblem. Yeah, you know? and it wasn't until Awakening, and even more from Three Houses, that it finally started really getting big here in America. But back in 1990, when uh, the original Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light released, no one here in America even knew it existed. Probably. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the so. core thing. I remember when Fire Emblem uh, GBA game came out and I was like, okay, I have a general understanding that Marth and Roy are characters. Where are they? Oh, they're not in this game. So, yep. you know, it's very odd to be jumping in mid-franchise 
but I think I've I've grown to accept it and 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 that's when I'm kind of excited when these new characters come out not from the prospect of summoning them because I'm very much about summoning characters that I have a connection to either usually through playing their game um so I'm excited for a different reason and I think you share this is is that I'm excited to learn more about this game and already I've learned a yeah. bunch like I I never fully understood the trajectory of shadow dragon and mystery and new mystery and i know we talked a little bit about it when we were playing shadow dragon but um i was yeah. just so distracted by risk so uh yeah it's one of those things <laughs> i'm excited to learn more so yep yeah, uh before we get there we do have four or i guess before we get the forging bonds where we'll learn more we do have the four units uh coming with the banner uh the first one we have is chris unknown hero uh, which is the male form of Chris. Uh, Chris is an expansion on Mark from the Blazing Blade game, and far closer to the avatar characters we get from Awakening onward. Shown here in the default blue-haired male mercenary version from the box art of New Mystery of the Emblem. Uh, this version joining, or the version here joining heroes, is a red sword infantry unit. He wields the Blade of Shadow, and. Uh, which grants him, uh, I forgot to write it down, but it grants him cooldown uh, special acceleration. So cooldown count minus one. And if his foe is at full health or starts combat, or starts the combat, it neutralizes Chris's penalty and gives his foe a debuff of attack speed and defense plus minus five during combat. He has a new skill, which he shares with the, his female version, called Spurn. Uh, which reduces damage from attacks during combat in AoE specials, excluding worker specials, by a percentage of his speed minus his foe's speed times four if he is faster than his foe. Uh, and it caps out at 40% for the amount of reduction, percentage of reduction. On top of that, if uh, he, I guess he or she, since the female version has it, is at or below 75% health in his special triggers. Uh, they do an additional 5 damage when it triggers. Uh, this version of Chris comes with, also comes with Noontime, HP Speed, HP speed 2, and Joint Drive Attack. Okay. Uh, so, now, just so I'm familiar, so Chris was a character... And the avatar not added in book two of Shadow Dragon and the Blinding Light or whatever it was called. I had it. So in front of me. the original third game of the series, Mister of the Emblem. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it added in any characters into book one, but it did not add Chris in book two. So this is a character Chris... that was created for the DS New Mystery of the Emblem. Correct. Got it. Okay. Chris, so I think Aramaya Clarice Legion. And Katarina or Reese, depending on uh, what name you want to go by for her. Um, I believe we're all only in New Mystery. There might be a couple more that were only in New Mystery. He's got a very, very strong Marth feel to him. Like originally, when I first saw him, I was thinking like, "Oh, is this uh, is this Marth's little brother or something?" <laughs> And, and, and you know like it, it's it's pretty much the blue hair in the uniform that that kind of throws that yeah. thought in my mind in my mind but yeah. um 
won't argue that. I mean, like I said, um, I, when I was researching him, it does look like you could have changed his hair color. So you could have had green hair or red hair or any color hair. Or it looked like there were eight choices. And that counted male and female. So. Okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I look at and again, like, it's just, this is another reason where I'm excited to learn more about the game, but not necessarily like excited for the character. Cause it, it just, it very much is a, it's, it's an avatar, right? I, I don't think we, yeah. we really got to the unique avatar, the, the really exciting avatar until I'd say maybe, maybe Robin, but even you could argue that that one isn't, you know, like Robin and, and corn are kind of. They're kind of, I mean, I'd probably say Byleth is probably the first one that really had some, like, more going for it, I suppose. I don't know. It's hard to say. I guess it's just because maybe that's the most recent I'm feeling that way, but. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say if any of them really have more going for it because they, I mean, Robin fits into a story just fine. Corrin almost sort of feels forced in their story you know it it's not that they don't necessarily fit but it just almost feels a little forced and byleth kind of you know feels like they fit into the story pretty well too Hmm. if anything byleth might fit in the best in my opinion but once again that could be a recency bias going on there yeah i I think with byleth it certainly is yeah it's hard to say because with the avatar they do their best to minimize um in for a fire emblem game it kind of is almost necessary because all the characters have such personalities but they do their best to minimize the personality so the player can feel like they are that character Mm -hmm. and and from that side of thing as an avatar they do a really good job with creating this this generic character that you can customize and um, as the first avatar found in the Fire Emblem franchise, I mean, that being said, like it's a strong second, first outing. Oh, technically the second. First I mean, playable. I I mean, I would argue that this is sti- like it's very strongly still the first in the sense that Blazing Blade is just it, it's a character. Yeah, I see. I see your argument, but uh, I think because they're giving you the ability to customize this character and really make it your own, I, it kind of counts more. But you're right. Um, the I mean, the tactician, so that, to speak. Yeah, the, you could argue the Blazing Blade tactician gave you a lot better chance to feel like the character is your own because you never they didn't create a uh, actual face face for the character. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could easily it could easily be you talking to Lynn through the DS screen. You know, or the I guess it would be Game Boy Advance screen. I do, I do hear you there. That makes sense. In like it's, it's the, yeah. You put yourself in 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 that position because you you don't know anything about how that character looks. But mm-hmm. uh, it is it is cool that they've added in. And I mean, um, like you said, now people are going to be okay. When are we, when are we getting Mark? And uh, it, which is the character, the, the, the tactician they call him Mark. Is that is that what they're yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, apparently, late in Ellwood's ch- uh, chapter in Ellwood's story, he references to the character as Mark. Okay. But from what I recall of playing through Lynn's story, he doesn't get a name. You're just a random tactician, or you 
it's possible you give it your own name and that's their default one at some point. I think maybe the person who got that writing got oh, the man. Mark thing was someone who played it and named it Mark and either forgot about that or mm-hmm. just, you know. I just look forward to all the oh hi Mark memes that are going to happen <laughs> when Mark joins the game and I'm just preparing everybody for that right now. Uh, let's talk about Julian the Tender Thief. Uh, Julian was once a member of the Soothsayers, a group of bandits based in the Samsuth Mountains. But when he encountered Lena, a priestess who had been captured by the bandits, his life changed. He'd fallen for her, and he soon betrayed his former allies by freeing Lena and running away with her. As a colorless dagger infantry unit, Julian wields Caltrop Dagger Plus, which is effective against cavalry foes, disables units and foes skills that change attack priority no new skills but rounds out his kit with moonbo as a special close foil in the a slot and lull attack slash speed three in the b slot so is the caltrop dagger a um dagger seven or is it dagger five um i don't know let me uh let me look that up i don't know uh dagger five or dagger seven it's a dagger seven. Okay. Does that, does that, does that change remember, anything? Dagger, no, dagger seven is the standard dagger debuff. Uh, there are a couple older daggers that have only like five. But it's oh. essentially after battle, it debuffs them by seven for, I uh, forget which two stats, but two of the four stats. Yeah, this one would be, this is the dagger seven. I mean, I'd be surprised if they released a brand new hero with a lesser skill uh, yeah, I figured it would be Dagger 7, but if they gave him an older dagger that did not have Dagger 7, had Dagger 5 built in, you know, I don't know if, if Caltrop Dagger is a new dagger or not. Oh. So. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. all, I, all I know is that, uh, you know, usually, well, here, I'll look it up. Let's see. Caltrop Dagger Plus, that should be easier. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure, but that's his weapon, and uh, he's happy to use it. He will write in later today. Uh, Julian, please let us know if uh, your dagger. I'm stalling in a creative way. Uh, Julian, please let us know if your dagger is not Julius. Julian. So let's hear. Uh, do do do. So yeah, Caldrop Dagger Plus. Like, is it unique to him? Yes. Uh, the fact that it's a plus means it's probably inheritable, but okay. he might be the only one who currently has it in the game once he's put in the game. So he's the only one that has it, and it there is only the only restriction is obviously that only dagger users can inherit it. So yeah. according to uh, GamePress.gg, like that is the current, um, that is that is the current holder of the weapon. Like he's the only one that has it, and it is inheritable. So maybe this is a. Uh, this is our first Dagger 7 version of Caltrop Dagger? No, it's probably the first version of Caltrop Dagger we've gotten just there. Like you said, it makes little sense for them to give a brand new character a weaker uh, Dagger debuff than most characters have. However... Sorry? No, I was just going to say, I was shocked uh, when I was initially writing this up. I, 
I was shocked that he he had no new skills, and I'm kind of thinking to myself like, oh, he must be the four star summonable just as a as a as an assumption, and he isn't. Oh, yeah, um, he's. Uh, I think that close foil that he has in the A slot there is the reason he's not a four slot because oh, that's one of those new skills that was introduced a couple banners ago that gives him on certain conditions a uh, close counter. I okay. guess since he's a dagger user. Uh, however, the other half of the duo from Chapter Three of Shadow Dragon, Lena, was not so lucky. She is the four-star unit. She is <laughs> Lena, Tender Angel. She is the daughter of a Macedonian bishop who, upon Michaelis wanting to wed her, wed her for his own ambition, refused and fled to eventually be cap- captured by the soothsayers. Uh, which is where she met Julian, who turned on them and rescued her before they were both saved by Marth. Uh, she joins Heroes as a color infantry staff unit, uh, and as I mentioned, is the four-star unit of the banner. As the four-star unit, she actually has no new skills and doesn't even have a new weapon, but does have gravity and recover as her attack and healing skills, uh, both of them the plus versions, uh, respectively. She also has Heavenly Light, Defense Resistance 2, and Attack Ploy 3. Uh, Though, since she's not out yet, I don't know which one will be available fully at 4 stars, if any of them. I would guess the Defense Resistance one, but for all I know, Attack Ploy 3 could be a 4-star skill on her. Yeah, I'm just going to see if they have that, and uh, see if they have that in in the... if they've data mined, I didn't dig into if they had data mined yet, but I didn't think the update had come through. No, the update has not come out yet, and it might just be best guesses at this point. But uh, yeah, you're right. Nothing, nothing currently listed as to what these are. But but gra- her we- uh, the only thing they have is gravity plus her weapon being five stars. So you'll have to upgrade. Uh, her. Yeah, there's the gravity version at four stars and gravity mm-hmm. plus at five. Recover plus will also affect. Uh, react like that where at four star it will be recover and at five star you can get the plus version i will say this though i remember lena from my playthrough of shadow dragon and that i believe she was my main healer so Uh, she's a healer you can get fairly early on that's far more useful than wrist so i could see that (laughs) i think as soon as lena came around wrist was like hey here's the bench get comfy i'll admit i tried to give wrist a chance but when he got no skills to increase his healing or anything as he was leveling up it's like yeah you're not worth working on and i don't remember why i didn't use julian probably because these thieves Thieves and I really don't get along in Fire Emblem games. I usually just use them to open doors um, and chests. I don't really build them up. And I know that's probably probably a mistake. Not a mistake, but but a, but a path that doesn't necessarily need to be taken. Like They are good well, units. You just got to work at them because they start weak, right? Yeah, thieves generally in the older games start pretty weak, which is why I was so happy that... Um, uh, Ash and Blue uh, Blue Lions had a uh, uh, brain fart. He didn't have a brain fart. I'm having a brain fart. He had Lock Touch as his personal skill, mm-hmm. which meant I could build him up however I wanted, and he could, if I had him around, I could unlock anything without oh. having a key on me. Hmm. 
That well, that's yeah. I don't think I'm. Well, I never played Blue Lions, so otherwise you had to have a thief or an assassin, I think, to get locked touch. They had um, to be in the thief or assassin class, and I believe I haven't double checked in. Well, I've never dug into the stack growth. I believe that these tend to have a slightly lower stack growth than some of the other classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get steel as the uh, class skill, but not locked touch. You have to be for i think assassin had it yeah i'm not sure yeah Yeah, specifically in that one uh but yeah it's uh it's really interesting it's really interesting to see the way that they've obviously opted to do a a split banner here even though they are they are characters from from a shared it it could be argued whether it's a split banner or not because both lena and julian do appear in um new mystery of the emblem uh you know yeah i guess what i was trying to get at was more like our like the north america like i'm this obviously when we talk i'm speaking we 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 bring our personal uh experiences very, very much into the show and from my perspective and from yours as well it's like we're looking at this and it very much feels like a split banner because we know we know julian we know lena and even though you could yes of course they're from the same game but it's interesting to see them pair. It's just it just goes back to the original conversation of how weird and screwed up that specific game was, and that we got half of it, so to speak. Quote unquote, you know, we we got Mystery of the Album, but not New Mystery of the Emblem, right? So it's just it's jarring. Well, and, we but never even got Mystery of the Emblem. We got Shadow Dragon. Okay, now you're so. just splitting hairs. Now you. <laughs> <laughs> now you're just trying to... yes i am technically splitting hairs and i'm sure it doesn't help that heroes considers all the shadow dragon or shadow dragon and the blade of light characters as mystery of the emblem characters unless they didn't actually appear in mystery of the emblem uh, yeah i think Riss might be the only character in the um might be one other that was deleted but the only character currently in heroes that is listed as a shadow dragon character yeah, it's funny. Yes, he didn't I think, appear in mystery. Yeah, I should have from the beginning said like, okay, uh, oh, I got a, I got a reference up here. Okay, so what I'm talking to you about is mystery of the emblem, but also shadow dragon and the blade of light, but also mystery of the emblem. And you know, I'm not going to do that. That would get that would make this episode ten times as long as it needs to be. But I guess I'm just I'm I'm grasping at straws here to try to explain my feeling when I'm like. I know these two, and I don't know these two, but I kind of want to learn about these two, and I know these two are connected to those two. It's just, this is one of those banners where people ask for, for uh, it, there, there are cleaner ways of giving us Japanese-only characters, and it's really interesting that they chose this, because it certainly highlights just the craziness that is their attempt at localizing those games, and only giving us half is that makes sense? I, I guess it just I'm I'm flabbergasted to be reminded that Nintendo screwed this this up so uh, badly. And also, one of the issues is that I tend to pick nits a lot. Yes. So you and know, you, I appreciate I, that. I, I know makes... exactly what you mean when you say it feels like a split banner because it does feel like a split mm-hmm. banner. We, you know, if you think about it for more than a second, you realize, wait, Lena and Julian sound familiar, and if you look into it, you realize, yes, we have them in Shadow Dragon. Mm-hmm. and you know these other two are well it's even it's even you know, it's it's just as weird when when you look into the characters of chris and and you start 
um, reading about their, uh, even on Meet the Heroes section, they're, they're referencing their relationship with characters we know that we played through in Shadow Dragon, but it's odd. It's almost like, well, it's exactly like we, we played the first part, but didn't get an opportunity to play the second, even though yes. it was very much available uh, to Nintendo to, to, to make it, to, to bring it over. So, I mean... Yeah, but once again, I, that goes into, you know, financial worth. Yes. You know, and I suppose I can't be upset about a 20 year Shadow Dragon... Yeah, back when Shadow Dragon came out, Nintendo did not feel it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Now I think, you know, whether it's just because the world's gotten so global or other things, you know, I don't think there are many games, if any, that any game company will feel is not worth translating to every com- every language possible. And I think, you know, yeah, and I think the success of Echoes as a Japanese only game that was remade and brought over to North America as well. Like that is a perfect example of going forward. If we get another one of those remakes, we can feel fairly confident that we're going to get it. I mean, Fire Emblem Mm -hmm. is, is, is bigger than it's ever been with three houses being such a success. But, um, okay. All that said, let's talk about, uh, Chris, the female version, which is unsung hero. Chris is an Altean knight who served closely under Marth during the War of Heroes. Chris was essential to Marth's success in battle, not only for her counsel, but also for winning over his foes and recruiting them to Marth's side. As a Blue Lands infantry unit, Chris wields Spear of Shadow, which accelerates special trigger, cooldown count minus one. If foe initiates combat, or if foe's HP is equal to 100% at start of combat, neutralizes penalties on unit and inflicts attack slash speed slash defense minus five on the foe during combat she has a new skill in the b slot called spurn three if unit speed is greater than foe speed reduces damage from attacks during combat and from area of effect specials excluding rocker rocker uh, area of effect specials by percentage equal to difference between stats times four max 40 percent and if units hp is less than or equal to 75 percent and units attack triggers special deals plus five damage when trigger when special triggers rounding out her kit is moonbow as a special fury four in the a slot and rouse speed slash resistance three in the c slot uh so i think female chris definitely got the better end of the deal yeah because i think well i don't know what the difference between rouse speed res and low attack speed is but and noontime a bit of healing doesn't hurt but fury i definitely feel Although, close... No, that's... Julian, yeah. Julian. Join a drive attack. HP HP slash speed is definitely not as good as Fury. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's... I look at this character. I think you're right. Like, Fury 4 being in her kit. I said Ruptured Sky. I meant Ruptured... Or I said Ruptured Shadow. I meant Ruptured Sky. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, But I think you're right. Fury 4 being in her kit is probably something that you... That you're... That makes her more sought after, right? I would yeah. say. Um, but, I mean, we already talked a lot about uh, Chris when you talked about Chris. So, Chris, she's in the game. Um, I don't know if people have a preference in terms of, you know, male or female Chris. But, um, honestly, I think it's uh, it's the, both their arts look cool. Spear version, yeah. very interesting. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. just one of those things where, yeah, there's yeah. another Chris. 
Yeah, uh, we do have one more character coming, which is their Grand Hero Battle Unit, Aramaya, Bishop of Well. Uh, however, since we are covering this group of heroes before the uh, banner in the battle uh, comes out, uh, and as we checked earlier, they don't have the um, data mining up yet, we don't have any idea what her skills are. So this week I'll just be go quickly going over a bit of backstory on her. Um, and next week we'll mention what her skills were, if there's anything of note, or at least just mention what they were, you know, and if there's anything of note, we'll discuss that. Uh, but Aramaya was a kind bishop who looked after children until the orphanage was burned down, killing all of them. Blaming herself, she was distraught and was tricked by Garnef to becoming, uh, who altered her memories and turned her into a cold puppet master who raised children as assassins for him and even orchestrated the deaths of Clarice's family at the hands of the soothsayers uh, to get her hands on Clarice. Uh, she will be joining heroes as the grand hero battle in a... You, I already went over this part, but yeah, she's coming in a few days, so mm -hmm. we'll go over her skills next week once we have them. Yeah, and I will say it was very surprising to see an evil healer. Um, that was... Uh, hmm? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I my initial looks looking into her um i didn't realize her backstory there but yeah she was a good healer at first and then she i mean the bad guys usually have healers on their side so you know it's not like the healing skills in the world of fire emblem uh care who uses them no i just i but, was usually when you see we've talked about this before but you see fire emblem bad guy it's very much axe lance magic sword it's interesting to see yep. a staff you i know a lot of people are probably like yelling at their their podcatcher and saying like hey no this this person was a healer and they're evil and it's okay but this is the first time i've, I've actually been presented with it and, and in this moment i'm feeling huh that was surprising there might even be example. Well, a good example in in Fire Emblem Three Houses was Tomas, right? So, yep. Spoilers. Well, <laughs> Although he wasn't I don't... so much a healer per se. He was no, a he was librarian. He kind of looked like looked similar to Riss. So <laughs> yeah. that's why you might think he's a healer. It's and definitely it why I think be he's about a as useless. <laughs> yeah, definitely why I think he's useless as well. He didn't really do much so. in Three Houses, didn't he? Get smacked down like as soon as he was like, "Ha I'm evil." Uh he. He revealed himself one point, and you smack him down, he runs away, and then he does his whole thing with Kranya, and you smack him down there for good. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, that is our roster of new heroes joining the game in the very near future, a.k.a. probably when you're listening to this, because uh, soon, soon-ish. Um, next week. Only at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be asleep. This will definitely be, yeah, I will be asleep too, because my new bid has earlier start times than I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, so enjoy those new heroes, and we'll be talking about Elmira next week alongside... Aramaya. Aramaya, Elmira. Aramaya, thank you. <laughs> She's not a vampire, or a vampiress. <laughs> she could be. You never know. We never played this game, hey, man. Hey, if I'm going to accuse anyone of being Elmira, it would have been... Uh, Raya last week. <laughs> okay. Elmira. Or, or maybe that version of Byleth, but I don't know why I don't know why I pulled Elmira out of my head, but it, it is it's close. It's one letter moved. Uh we will be talking about Aramaya Ar next week when she is added to the game. 
Uh, we'll also be talking about Cindered Shadows. So we are bringing Game Club back and we're talking about Fire Emblem, Three Houses, Cindered Shadows. We're going to do an intro to the story as well as chapter one. And if time permits, maybe an additional chapter. We'll see how it goes because there's really not a whole lot else happening or at least on the schedule for Fire Emblem Heroes in terms, in terms of new content. I was going to say, now that we've said that, I mean, it's good we're not guaranteed to do two, <laughs> two chapters because watch there be a Faye channel tomorrow. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, maybe I want more Faye content, so I'm, I'm doing everyone a favor here by by tempting fate. Uh, mm-hmm. I personally have jumped back into Fire Emblem Hero- or Three Houses just to kind of test the waters. I, I haven't played with the expansion pass before, so I'm experiencing all that and i'm looking forward to um continuing that playthrough once i've uh, gotten a bit through the cindered shadow stuff my understanding is you unlock stuff as you complete chapters in cindered shadows right yes yeah so i'm looking forward after to you uh, complete chapter one you unlock abyss in the main game mm-hmm. and then as you can go through further chapters you eventually start unlocking the characters sweet deal i'm for looking forward to it game I'm looking However, forward to if you're in act, if you're in Act Two or Part Two of the main game, you won't be able to recruit any of those characters uh, on that playthrough. No, yeah, I'm still very much in Part One, so I'm all, I'm all good there. But I won't progress past Part Two until I've had a chance to uh, recruit them. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be talking about that, and you guys, uh, you folks, can join along with us. We highly recommend playing game club with us and you can discuss it in our discord bit.ly slash tgi discord look for the fire emblem channel you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fey email your thoughts fey at gamersinpodcast.com you can also follow us on twitter i'm at r murphy eddie's at Drelfear, and don't forget to follow at the gamers in for show updates be sure to check out serenesforest.net our go-to resource for fire emblem news and information that's going to do it for this episode of summoner's call have a great week and happy summoning.